my name is Clayton, and welcome to another episode of the Watch Dang Podcast. I'm a professional dog runner and watch enthusiast talking to his pals about dogs and watches. How is everybody doing? Thank you so much for listening. You know I appreciate it, and he's back. It's been like seven episodes, way, way, way too long. My good buddy from the Engineer Wannabe YouTube channel, Sanjay. Sanjay, how are you this morning? Hey, Clayton. Good. It's been way too long. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I usually like uh, maybe two or three episode gap between your appearances, but seven is just ridiculously long. Yeah. We actually spent like half an hour just chatting. <laughs> if you guys could see the robe Sajay is wearing, I was telling him off air before we hit record. I, I am jealous of robe guys. I'm not a, I'm not a robe guy, but you look comfortable and cool and uh, I'm jealous. It's a very fluffy robe that I got for my birthday. Um, burgundy as always, you know, the best <laughs> color, <laughs> the the correct color. <laughs> and yeah, very, very comfortable. Yeah. You look luxurious this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How you doing? I know. Yeah. Well, I know we had a, like a half hour catch up. Yeah. We never get, we don't get to chat that much. Even when we do watch soup, it's, um, everybody kind of gets in right before we go live and there's not a whole lot of, uh, time to, uh, catch up. So I know you've had a busy few weeks. Yeah. Uh, been, been busy at work, uh, busy with family, busy. Um, I think I'm still getting over like the bronchitis I had Mm. from a couple of weeks ago. So always flares up at nighttime. And so I, I don't get too, too much sleep, but yeah, it's been, uh, been hard keeping up with, with the watch friends, you know, um, just kind of crashing as soon as I get back home and not getting to, to talk to anyone. (laughs) It's kind of, kind of sad, but I'm glad, I'm glad we're. We're chatting now and glad I'm getting back to chatting with everyone else as well. So looking forward to, to spending some time today. Yeah, friends are friends are always there for each other, you know, and uh, we understand life gets busy, especially online. If I yeah, if I don't hear from you for a while, I just assume, you know, you're busy with the family and kids and everything else. Yeah, we've had a crazy April as well. So um, still yeah. trying to fit the podcast and it's fun doing the podcast every week. It, it's sort of I used to think of it as not a chore necessarily, but just something else. But now it's an escape from, it's like Mm. my creative outlet. I enjoy taking time on the weekend to record, edit, and then get it out. Like it's almost my safe space a little bit. So I'm glad I took that year off. I think that was huge. And in falling in love with the podcast and doing it all over again. So it's, it's been, been great. And uh, yeah, you just need to come on more. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I will do that. Um, all right. What are you uh what are you wearing this morning besides oh, yeah. that great robe? <laughs> <laughs> um wearing my SPGW two ninety five Urushi Lacquer dial with the Machia indices. Um what yeah. strap is what strap do you have it on the stock or is it on something else? No, this is uh a crocodile that I got from a presage, like the enamel Ooh, dial presage. That's nice. And it's on a Seiko deployant. Mm. This is one of the few deployants, like you, I'm I'm pretty fussy with deployants as well. Yep. This is one of the few deployants I that works for my wrist. Um so I I am really enjoying this this combo. That's What's a, on your wrist? I well I am wearing the uh I'll take it off oh, here. Oh, the, <laughs> I know what it is. The, the, <laughs> the Moser Endeavor uh center seconds funky blue. Yeah. Um, wait, wait. I have an Endeavor right here. Too. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it has a beautiful movement. It probably looks as oh, similar. So Is that a yeah? That's a hand wind. 
Yeah. 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 I know. It's, I don't, I'm always, I can't decide which side to show everyone because both are equally as uh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So my, my wife was offended by your watch. I was showing it to her. She didn't like it. it well, she was like, how do you tell the time? <laughs> that better be like a $10 watch. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> if only. <laughs> no, my I, wife I actually her. loves this watch. She thinks it's, uh, you know, I think I said on Wasp Soup the other night, or maybe with Bobby on his stream, like, my, yeah. she generally thinks they all look the same. Like, any diver is just... yeah. No matter the little differences, she just thinks it looks the same. But she actually really likes this watch. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's kind of hard to tell how accurate it's running, to be honest. Uh, seconds you can keep track of, but, you know, minutes you're not quite sure. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's fine. Like, yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind I at was, all. I was telling my wife, you, you think the time time telling ability is what adds value to watches? <laughs> yeah. It's an it's an afterthought. It's it's mainly a vehicle to do all this cool artistry stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has to have hands and seconds on it or else it can't really be a watch, but other than that, it's secondary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. And that's well, what I like about it so much. Some some of those watches don't even have a second hand, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, it's uh this one uh this one does, but that's about it. I love this watch because it just looks so different in every room. Yeah. Taking pictures of it. Every time I post it up on like a discord or with a friend's chat, they're like another day, another time. It just looks completely different. This watch continues to boggle my mind. <laughs> Our friend Kentucky man just can't get over how it looks different. I try, I purposely try to send him like a different picture of it every day or post yeah. it because he, <laughs> he's yeah. like this watch. It, sometimes it looks like a crystal ball, right? It looks really cool in like a dark room with very little natural light coming in. Cause then it just looks like this magical mystical sort of orb. <laughs> yeah. And then if you put it in direct light, it has a sunburst effect, um, you know, virtually no AR coding. So you can get like uh, the clouds in the sky. Really cool. Even if it's a cloudy day, it looks like blue sky. Cause the dial's blue. Uh, so really it's just, it's, it's something to take a picture of. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, is the, how's the case side? Does it have like a, the, like the dimples on? Yes, it does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. I oh, think that I must be a Moser staple. Are all their cases like that? I, I think it's like the Endeavor okay. series. That's, that's what I was reading when I was researching to review this watch. Mm -hmm. This is Marcus's watch, by the way. Oh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when I was uh, when I was doing my research, I, I think it's an Endeavor line thing. The the dimples on the side. It's okay. so beautiful. So, so what's beautiful. the exact name of the watch you have right now? Uh, just the Moser Endeavor Perpetual Calendar. Okay. Eleven. No, one three four one. Okay. Yeah, and it's one, platinum, three, four, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, Heavy, <laughs> so, so heavy. Oh man, 150 grams. Wow, wow. Yeah. Unstrap. Yeah, this one's white gold. It's pretty heavy too. Not that heavy. I haven't weighed it yet. I should yeah. weigh it. It's uh, it actually is. Um, the weight gets to. It doesn't get to me. I would say, but you notice it, especially when you take it off and put something a little bit lighter on. Like, oh yeah, that watch is kind of heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, white gold's uh, my obviously my first experience with white gold it's a uh, really neat it's a uh, i love the way it looks uh the polish 
They're getting some micro scratches on it for sure. It's all polished, um, but in, in certain light, you can see some scratches. I don't care. I wear it hiking. I, I just wear it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you should. Yep, I do. I'm not is, a, not afraid to wear it anymore. Is there uh, the sapphire on the case back? Is it concave or is it flat? It is. It's flat. Yep, it's yeah. flat. Yep. Okay. So this one, uh, just a spoiler for the review, it's, it's concave. Oh, yeah. Like. I don't know if you can see that, but the whole watch is kind of concave and it actually looks like if you get really close and you look at it um, after a while, it it looks like it's melted onto your wrist. Huh. Like the, the bezel looks like it, it melted and it looks like it. I, I mentioned in my review, which is not out yet, but I mentioned it, that it looks like a chocolate watch. Like if you had a chocolate watch and you wore it on your wrist for a while and just melted around your wrist, <laughs> it's it's so cool. Oh it's wow, just insane. <laughs> yeah, th- this watch is. Um, you know, I was. I have another friend who, in the wake this week, uh, Bruce Williams did a whole sell off for uh, a gold uh, day date, day date, and a couple yeah. other people now that I know are are thinking of doing the same thing. Um, he, uh, a friend of mine, got to check out Moser in person this week. And he's wanted one forever, and he has a birthday coming up this year, and he he's like, uh, maybe I should just do it. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, yeah, I said, like, I don't know if there's any watch that to me, you know, um, a month in is worth a sell-off, it's this one. It's just so special. It just feels so amazingly special. I love looking at it. It makes me smile. Uh, the fact that I got it for a pretty good price um, also yeah. makes me feel pretty good. So yeah, it's just a... And now I'm starting a... Uh, two day every other day rotation this in the air king um so yeah. it's kind of where i always want to be i'm hoping i can stay here for at least yeah. a while and just you know rotate between these two watches every other day yeah yeah i think that would be nice it's a oh, yeah uh, in theory we'll see <laughs> in practice if it's uh as appealing they'll, as it sounds they'll become your signature watch right <laughs> <laughs> so i have a question for you yeah. Your your opinion on this? So I work as a dog runner, so I wear uh, I have a new Garmin I've been wearing. So that's my work watch. I don't wear the Air King or the Moser for running with dogs, obviously. And now yeah. I'm doing every other day. So I will take my watch off in the morning, and then I'll wear my Garmin. And there's a chance it will sit for like 36 hours before I wear it again. Both of these watches have the Moser's about 72 hour power reserve. The Air King's 70. Um, for accuracy's sake, do you think I should keep them on a winder or just not? And maybe just wind it a couple times every time I, I wear it. Because it will be sitting for about half of its power reserve, roughly. Yeah. Do do you care about like long-term? I guess when you have two watches, long-term accuracy does make sense, right? Yeah, that's my uh, thing. Because uh, I noticed the Air King um, lost like two and a half seconds per day when it was sitting for about 36 hours. Or it was even sitting for a little more. So... <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't really care, I guess, but it, I may think about it. It may it might seep in there if I only have two yeah. watches. So, but I don't always love everyone I trust who knows something about watches does not recommend watch winders. So I'm torn. Yeah. I have some. I I have a winder always set up and ready to go. Yeah, same. Um, so I I would do it like intermittently, right? If you think uh, if you think okay, this will probably sit for 36 hours, then does your winder have like a turn off feature? Like, yes, like one a, of them does. My wife got me a, a nicer one uh, for a gift a couple of years ago. I just have to. I really haven't played around with it because I just haven't used it much. 
but yeah yeah so you could you could set it for like i don't know an hour or something to just to keep it within that sweet spot yeah sweet spot of the power range and uh and just go with it whenever you feel like it yeah it'll it'll reduce your need to reset the watch every couple of weeks yeah so the moser yeah. you can't tell half the time like i said because <laughs> there's no indices on it but the yeah. the air king um yeah i'm wearing it when i in the you know evening hours when i don't really care about accuracy anyway so yeah maybe well, I'll just... the, the uh the reason why most watch enthusiasts don't like winders is because you're kind of you're fully winding it and then you're kind of it's continuing to wind unnecessarily right and it you're kind of causing wear right yes negligible wear yes. but your the clutch is is spinning now right because it's fully round so yeah if uh if you're only doing it here and there i don't think i don't see why anyone would have yeah. any issue with that these are going to be continuously on anyway so, yeah 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 so yeah, I go can't, for it. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought I'd ask you uh, well, how you feel. I've been asking a few other people. And uh, yeah, because I, I've always heard from my watchmaker says, don't do it. Uh, Mimo from Mimo's Jewelry. He's also a watchmaker. Uh, and he yeah. knows he knows his watches. And he said, no winders. <laughs> well, the context is that most people just leave it in the winder. Right. I, I think that's where they're coming from. Yeah. So yeah, if... if uh, if someone asked me whether they could leave their watch in a winder, then I'd say, "Yeah, why would you? Don't don't right. do it." <laughs> right. But if you're if you're just trying to keep its accuracy at its sweet spot uh, for a longer yeah. period of time, then, I think it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you're not leaving it in the winder. No. So that's the, no. Yeah. And it would probably just be like maybe even while I'm home. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, we'll no, see. It, it, it makes sense because. When you're after you after you've been working all day and you come home, you're not going to be doing crazy activities, getting your watch wound up, right? right? <laughs> so, uh, I don't, I don't know. Maybe well, I do are, immediately but... go on a hike after with my dog when I get home. Oh, okay. So that's okay. usually uh, like yesterday. The I noticed the Air King was running a little uh, slow um, because it'd been sitting. So I I didn't wind it. I just grabbed wore it and went on a hour plus hike with my dog. So okay. Yeah. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, keeping it in the winder uh, would probably just, you know, the only thing it would do is just keep it a little more accurate because obviously yeah. it has a 70 hour power reserve. It's going to keep going. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, <laughs> well, why don't we get into our uh, main topic today? Yeah. All it. right. So I thought of this idea. Um, I saw a Facebook post about the Hamilton Jazzmaster Face to Face Three. Are you're familiar with that watch? I know we've talked about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am familiar. With it. <laughs> it's it's a gigantic watch. Would never work on my wrist. So what it is? It, think of the reverso. It's a reversible case, right? So one, the main face is a time telling has the hands, and then you turn it over, and it's like a pulsometer and then you can see the movement so it's is essentially a, an exhibition case back with a like a pulsometer uh measurement and it's three thousand dollars and the person posted the watch and said this watch is extremely cool but i would never pay three thousand dollars for a hamilton <clears throat> and it got me thinking like no matter how cool a watch might be to you would the brand hold you back? Like if you really thought a watch was awesome, but it was, you know, a $3,000 Hamilton, would the fact that it's a Hamilton 
And maybe the price is even okay, but for a Hamilton, it's a no-go. Would that ever deter you from buying a watch? See, I don't think that's a fair question for, <laughs> for either of us. Right. Because because we're Seiko guys. Yes. Right? So when you're a Seiko guy, you're used to it. <laughs> <laughs> and we you both bought that. watches, Seiko watches that people would think were absolutely crazy for buying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the three hundred dollars Seiko fives, yep, or two hundred dollars, and then you got the seven, eight thousand dollars SNRs, like the Spring Drive Seiko. So, right, yeah. Uh, but I, I guess to answer the question in a more serious way, I think it really depends. Um, the, the it depends how much context you have too about the brand, right? If yep. you don't know anything about a brand. And this is your first dip into like if if I didn't know anything about Hamilton and I saw this watch um, and I saw you know four thousand Canadian or three thousand US, I, I would think okay, seems like it's worth it, right? It's uh, it's cool. It's got this new mechanism. It's uh, uh, the movement looks you know fairly decorated, uh, and there's you know there's uh, added functionality with the pulsometer for a doctor in the 40s. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I would, if I saw this in a vacuum, I would think, yeah, okay, $4,000 makes sense. But um, knowing the context of Hamilton, um, you know, that their watches are generally around 500-ish, six, 700, maybe $1,000, 2000 for the chronographs. Um I, I don't know. Like I, I'd still spend if I like this watch, I still would buy it at four thousand yeah. dollars. That's why it's not a fair question because I'm so used to Seiko's wild scale, right? Which is the infinity scale because you can even have tens of thousands of dollars Seikos. Right? So <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I think, know. What do you think? I think fairly or unfairly, we judge a brand by their lowest priced watch, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to spend $5,000 on a Seiko because I can get a Seiko for under $100. So it must not be as good or it must not really be worth $5,000. And it's just I, probably human nature to do that. I think we all do it. I do that yeah. for certain brands. I've done that for Oris. You know, yeah. I've done that. Uh, I like Seiko. So I, um, in some instances, I still feel that way. <laughs> yeah. But like, you know, I, I think that and I think that's what this guy was doing with a Hamilton. Like, right. This is a really cool Hamilton, but it's $3,000. I can get a Hamilton khaki for under 500. So I would never mm -hmm. spend 3000 on one. So I think, I think that's where it, it plays into. And um, so I thought it might be fun to go over 10 brands or so today and what our spending threshold might be. I thought it might be fun to list the lowest price to get into a brand and then maybe the highest price and then yeah. maybe what our spending limits would be on each of these brands yeah that sounds great all right so why don't we let's start with hamilton because uh, yeah. that's what sort of inspired me so um you can get into like i said a hamilton khaki field for eh, depending on where you shop and the discount and everything uh, 500 ish under that four to five hundred dollars maybe even less mm -hmm. depending if there's a sale or something and the most expensive hamilton i could actually find is a solid gold ventura quartz eleven thousand oh, dollars there yeah. might be a more expensive hamilton but in my search uh, for this episode, that's the most expensive I could find. So have you ever owned a Hamilton? 
I think so. For a sh- very short period of time. Yeah. I think I had the, the khaki, not the khaki field. That was the 38, 38, right? Khaki mm-hmm. field. Um, I think I had the automatic version. So the khaki king. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had yep. that for a short period of time. I, I, I don't love Hamilton. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know why there's just, maybe it's the, the aesthetic. Um, I, I just, I've never connected to use a tired cliche. Right. I never connected. They haven't spoken Hamilton. to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not calling my name. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. So have you owned Hamilton? Yeah. You I've, you owned, I've owned three. I've owned the, uh, both interstellar watches, the Murph and the Cooper. And then I had the um, Annie Digi, uh, what's it called? Pilot watch. Uh, that's uh, what I can think of right now. It was very cool. It was, uh, those were somewhat expensive. I got it pre-owned uh, for a pretty good deal from a local watch person here in Rhode Island. And okay. uh, yeah, those, it was like an Air Zermatt collaboration limited edition. Very cool oh. watch. It was actually really nice. I ended up moving it along, of course. But uh, yeah, I'm same with Hamilton. They don't really speak to me. A lot of their even smaller diameter watches also have long lug to lug. So they just don't always wear great on me. The Murph was, I know they make a smaller version now, but uh, I even had the one with the Tesseract box from the movie, like really cool oh, limited really? edition box. Yeah, it was very cool. I was actually kind of sad to let that one go, but it just, I didn't like the way it wore on me. 52 millimeter lug to lug and it was just overhang and I didn't like the way it looked. But uh, yeah, yeah, I had the Morse code on the seconds hand, like really neat watch. And then the, the Cooper, I actually like, that's a, sort of their day date. Um, it's also from the movie. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm indifferent on, on Hamilton. I, I, I think an intramatic chronograph would probably be my limit. And those are yeah, what fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars? Yeah, I don't know if I would spend any more on a Hamilton than that. Uh, I'm not sure, and that would even be a, a stretch, probably. Yeah, my my limit is probably zero. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just can't get into. Um, well, actually, no. Wait, wait. I do like the 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 pulsar. Um, the Hamilton. It's the Hamilton pulsar, right? Yes, uh, yes. Those are cool. The LED digital. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I. What is that one? Uh, five, six hundred dollars? Yeah, and I think they make different versions. They may, they might make like a blacked out one. I think they made one for the new or the last Matrix movie. Oh, they did. Yeah, I think it actually had a green display. Oh, that makes sense. So that was cool. That yeah, that that one's cool. But I think those will run. Yeah, yeah, that would probably be my limit too. That's a good call. I, I yeah. think you can get into any number of those for a thousand or less. So, yeah. Trying to find it on uh, on the Hamilton website, but oh, there we go. Whoa, it was more expensive than I remember. <laughs> <laughs> they make so a gold a, one, right? Yeah, not not real gold. Plated. Um, yeah, the the steel one is a thousand Canadian. Okay. Yeah, so uh, seven hundred US. That would be that would be my limit. Yeah, that's that's probably mine too. I think I would probably rather have one of those than a. Than an intramatic. Intramatics are very nice, but uh, yeah, I don't know the the pulsar is more my speed. I think yeah, too too thick for me. Yeah, yeah. they are they are they are thick. But yeah, eleven thousand dollar, and we're I think that's going to be a theme. A lot of these brands who typically stay in their lane of you know under a couple thousand dollars do have these 
crazy gold watch offerings uh, that are, you know, I don't know who's buying an $11,000 gold Ventura that's quartz. Yeah. But I'm sure somebody is. Yeah. There are a lot of Hamilton enthusiasts, people who they, of course, they have a great history, uh, you know, an American brand that's, you know, now Swiss, but, uh, you know, great, great watchmaking history. um, And, you know, they're, they're present in movies uh, outside of maybe, you know, Rolex and Omega. I mean, they're in video games movies mm-hmm. um so yeah they're a very cool brand they have a lot of enthusiasts but i don't know if i'm uh quite as anti-hamilton as you might be but I, <laughs> I, yeah they don't they don't do a whole lot for me i i just find them either a little too out there or a little too uh tame for my taste like i'm not into their um field watches i don't know just a little it's not not quite for me but i think hamilton is like very close to breitling for me because mm. So every most of the watches that I've seen from Hamilton are so large. Yes. Just uh, yep. and because they are so large, I think it's kind of tainted their image. Yeah. Over over time in in my head, um, if they, I mean they don't have to, but if they do release smaller watches, which they have been doing, like like the Murph and yep. Um, well, the Cocky Field, even though it's small, it's kind of large with the lug to lug. Yeah. Uh, if if they kind of I don't know um spruce up themselves i'm they might they might be my my thing like jazz masters i I do like some of the jazz masters um like the classic classic jazz masters but uh they are they are large (laughs) yeah so yeah and a lot of them i think i'm with you with breitling and also iwc like i really don't even look into them because most of their case sizes just don't fit me so yeah. they're not really brands I consider all that much outside of like the super ocean, but even like an aerospace, I would love to have some time, but I don't know. It just wears a little too big on me. Yeah. Although uh, the weird thing though is Breitling has changed yes. in, in my head. Like I, I'm, I'm more, I'm endearing more myself more to, to Breitling yeah. recently because, um, because they're smaller and avatimers are oh, so, yeah. so good. Um, I saw and, those at the, yeah. I went to a Breitling boutique in New York city. Yeah. And uh, I did not try one on, but I had a great conversation with um, one of the sales representatives at the boutique, just a knowledgeable, very nice guy. I'd actually been texting with him a little bit. I didn't buy anything, but he took like 20 minutes to talk with me. And uh, really, really great guy. He gave gave me a cell phone number and we've been texting. I texted him and just said, thanks for that conversation. That was great. Yeah. Um, So brand boutiques, I'd never really been to one. Uh, they have a Longines boutique there. Uh, they were also very nice and knowledgeable. But the the Breitling boutique just you know, he got invited to Geneva for the unveiling of the of the some of their new watches. He was one of only ten uh, representatives selected in the whole United States to wow. go. So um, yeah, he, just an impressive impressive guy, and uh, I was really impressed with that boutique in general. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Okay, well, that's Hamilton. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't think Hamilton. we're uh, we're going to be buying any Hamiltons uh, collectively here anytime soon. Okay, let's do let's do Casio because this is the, a yeah. very fascinating one. So you can get into an F ninety one W, the World Timers A one fifty eight A one sixty eight for twenty dollars. Let's just say, and the most well they had they released the solid gold G Shock in. 2019 that retailed for seventy thousand dollars us <laughs> 32 pieces i would kill for one of those they're i think they're even going more producer michael 
had one on once and i think the it's going for over a hundred now or that was during the pandemic maybe it's down now anyway but if you want um something any of us can get uh topper has the mrg gasson anniversary edition very i think it's maybe hand engraved eight thousand dollars that's the most expensive g-shock i could find the most i've ever spent on a g-shock is the titanium square i think roughly 16 or seventeen thousand. i mean i think any you know from twenty dollars up to eight thousand i think in any ten dollar range there's a g-shock or casio watch i mean you can get g-shocks for fifty dollars sixty dollars seventy dollars you know up to the mrgs there's a four thousand dollar mrg square uh the analog digitals there's some expensive pro treks so they really even maybe more than seiko cover every imaginable price so i think if you asked me this question maybe even six months ago I would I would say yeah uh, the possibility of me buying a four thousand dollar MRG square it's real I would I would strongly really? consider it I did strongly consider it when they came out now I don't I don't think so I I think yeah. um, if I saw a cool titanium square in that fifteen hundred dollar range I would think about it again but I'm sort of out of my G Shock square collecting phase for now anyway not saying i'll never get back there but like they just released these new 40th anniversary the 300 dollars just resin uh g-shock square that's a a throwback to the original and the old me would have been all over it i would have got one right away i didn't get one this year i just i wasn't feeling it uh you know 300 dollars and also i just bought a garmin instinct the solar um that has a flashlight on it. It you know it's it's super four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> so you're getting so much for four hundred and fifty dollars, and yeah, I guess I'm just in the mind frame right now that uh, I don't know what's G Shock giving me for three hundred dollars that I just can't get with this. I'm I'm not in a G Shock collecting phase, which I go in and out of. I have always since I've been into watches. So I think maybe I'll get there again someday. It, it hmm. kind of uh, yeah, I go in and out. Yeah, yeah, for me. Uh... I don't think I, I don't I I struggle to even spend um one hundred and fifty dollars on on G Shock right, um so I, I would say maybe one hundred and fifty dollars maybe well the the solar ones those are around two hundred dollars right yeah I think like you can the, get a fifty six ten for probably they've gone up but like one hundred and twenty U S oh okay yeah okay. so yeah, yeah. hundred hundred fifty dollars is okay. probably my upper limit it would be like one of those um, solar G Shock squares that's. That's my ideal G-Shock, and I don't think I'd spend much more than that. I I dabbled or kind of entertained the idea of getting one of the, the metal G-Shocks, mm-hmm. um, like the metal and resin, because I don't like the all-metal, because uh, the, the way it doesn't quite conform to my wrist well enough. But uh, the metal resin uh, ones are around five $600. Yes. But when, when I see the price, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather just have all resin at that point. Um, so yeah, $150. I just never really got into higher end G-Shocks. I didn't grow up with a G-Shock. I grew up with an F91W. Mm-hmm. Um, G-Shock wasn't even a thing in, in Sri Lanka. Like, uh, you'd, you'd see people wearing like these bulky Casios and you wouldn't even know what it was. Um, and so yeah, I have no nostalgia for G-Shock and I think that really worked against me getting into like those titanium G-Shocks. I think they're cool. <clears throat> excuse me they're i think they're super cool like uh 
like that titanium one with all the text on the on the G-Shock. Yes. Like all, all over it. Uh, I think that's so cool. And it kind of looks like, I think I've mentioned it. It kind of looks like Kit from Knight Rider. Um, and uh, I, I, I love it, but I, I couldn't fathom spending thousands of dollars <laughs> for G-Shock. So, yeah, yeah, I, I bought I three of those, a, three different titanium. And uh, yeah, I I don't know. Are they worth it? Yeah. I'm not sure, but they're they are cool. They're they're, they're, they're cool. They're sh- they're probably worth it. Like I mean, getting titanium a titanium G Shock. Yeah, uh, it's no laughing matter, right? It's not. It's not a joke. The MRG, so, which is like four thousand, I'm yeah. not sure that's worth it. That's right. quite the jump from even the you know the I had the blue camo. I think those retail for like sixteen hundred or whatever US. So do you know what the justification is from Casio for those MRG pieces? Because I don't know much about. I them. think there's extra sh- uh, shock protection. Um, it's the same module. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I I really it it if you look at the spec list, not a whole lot. I think they really tout the extra shock protection. And there might yeah. be some other things I can't think of right now, but I remember like really thinking hard about it because when they, I really liked the the blacked out one they came out with, and yeah. uh, I was, I just couldn't bring myself to do it because <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I actually getting? And then a couple people I know got one and sold them pretty fast after, and I yeah I think they they thought it would be justified and then they got it because they had both owned the titanium squares and i just don't mm. think they could really tell the difference <laughs> yeah it's not something you'll be able to tell on your wrist for sure it's all in right. the inside of the watch yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like i guess a perpetual calendar or right something. but it's a basic module that, that you'll be able to find probably you know it's one of the bluetooth so you can buy those squares for under 200 dollars. i think it's yeah. going to be the same module you find in the titanium and the mrg so yeah yeah, that's. So I, I that's guess the thing. it becomes it becomes more of a bragging rights kind of thing, right? right? Like, right. How shock resistant is it? It doesn't matter if you will die when you're wearing that watch and it survives. It's, right. You just see how much. I mean, I'm sure regular G Shock can survive a plane crash. Just oh, a yeah. bog yeah. standard G Shock. <laughs> um, so it would probably be more like engineering uh, prowess, probably. right? And just uh, like any of these, like you and I, like you said earlier, we're Seiko enthusiasts, so we can spend more than the average person might deem sane. <laughs> yeah. But same yeah. on these, like the the, the people who buy these eight thousand dollar G shocks, they're real enthusiasts of the brand, which I think is cool, yeah. and I totally get it. Uh, it makes sense yeah. to me if you're th- that much into G shock. Like I can totally see somebody buying one of these, or even yeah. a seventy five seventy thousand uh, dollar solid gold G shock. If I had FU money, I wouldn't be buying some crazy, uh, you know, Longa or Patek or something. I'd be searching out one of these solid gold G shocks. <laughs> yeah, personally, yeah. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's go. How about how about Oris? Uh, so Oris. the the lowest I you can get into Oris for about two thousand. The Artillier models, some of the uh, big crowns. Um. And the most expensive ORS I found was the $27,500 USD Sun Wukong Artist Edition. Cloisonne enamel, yeah. hand-painted, 72 of those made. They sold out. So 72 people bought those. I saw them. They're unavailable. 
Yeah. I checked as of this morning. So somebody uh, bought those. <laughs> yeah. I guess you, you have a lot of Oris enthusiasts. Right. Um, cloisonne enamel is hard to do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and uh, although it wasn't the most beautiful, in my opinion, um, piece of art. I don't know what you thought of it, but yeah, I think it was like you. the monkey, monkey king or something, right? Well, uh, these ones had, um, yeah, they, I mean, they were pretty dials. Um, I'm yeah. not exactly sure. And again, it's not something you'd buy. It's sort of like the Moser where it didn't really have indices. <laughs> yeah, Can't really yeah. accurately tell what time it is. So you're definitely buying it because you appreciate the craftsmanship mm-hmm. that this artist did by hand. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you're buying these. And again, and like uh, I begrudge no one. If you're an Oris enthusiast or you like this sort of art, mm-hmm. then hey, I, I totally get why somebody would buy this. Not for me, but yeah. uh <laughs> but then yeah. like in their normal just uh catalog, they have the like the Pro Pilot Altimeter, which is over six thousand. Um they do have a Wings of Hope uh full gold again, the theme of uh brands who sort of stay in their lane price wise, having a seventeen thousand dollar US uh, mm-hmm. Full gold, big crown, wings of hope edition. So, what's your what's your threshold? You're an Oris guy, despite uh, some of the guy. things that have happened. You you like the brand. Um, what's the most you would spend on an Oris right now? Um, I I would probably get a Pro Pilot X with a caliber four hundred, or yeah, yeah. I, I think I I think I'd do that. So that's around uh, four thousand dollars, right? Yep, around the forty-five hundred dollar mark. So, I'd I'd be perfectly content spending even, I'd say I'd say even five six thousand dollars. I'd wow. be okay with spending that on Oris. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I like Oris. Um, I just need to find the right Oris for my wrist. Yeah. But um, I think that Pro Pilot X is getting pretty close. Uh, so if there could be some limited edition in the future. That's not the Kermit one, please. That's please no. Oh, oh I'm, I'm expecting more Muppets. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> then Something. Ben will have Rolf on and Animal and uh... <laughs> yeah. I, as much as I love Kermit, um, I'd like uh, something a bit more, uh, it, uh, something a bit more me, maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. The dial so, is very cool. I like that green. I think it's fun. But uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I I I wouldn't wear that green though. But, I don't yeah, know that's, if you would. That's but... not super versatile. Yeah, it yeah. is very. It's lime, like yeah, lime green. It's, uh, hard, hard on the eyes. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So for me, I'd say around five or six thousand for us. How about you? Um, I, I already know the answer, actually. Cause <laughs> no, I'm not saying zero. Uh, probably, I don't know if I would spend more than. I would wait until the end of the year, like Black Friday is really a good time to to get even new Oris at a good price. So I can see like maybe if I could find one of those Pro Pilot X's because those are pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, like twenty three hundred. Yeah, I don't know that I would spend any more on a brand new Oris than twenty three. And if I can get a caliber four hundred Aquas or even like a big crown, I, I like the um, pointer dates. So yeah. if I can, you know, find something in that uh, fifteen hundred to twenty three hundred dollar range, I wouldn't spend any more. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what I thought you'd be around. Yeah, I think you mentioned in the past with the Aquas being so caliber four hundred Aquas being so expensive. Yeah, um, you'd uh, you'd probably entertain the idea not not that it's an Aquas, but you'd entertain that caliber four hundred at around the one thousand yeah. two thousand dollar mark, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I, I understand. I totally understand why they're more expensive, obviously, R&D to create their own movement. They have to recoup some of that. And I understand why the prices are, they're just, uh, they're, I'm priced out. <laughs> I understand yeah. why they're that way. And I understand why some people would buy them for sure. But for me, it's just too expensive, personally. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally understand that. Uh, what brand do you want to throw it to you? Uh, yeah. How about uh, Cartier? Oh, all right. This one's Cartier fun. has been on my mind for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and I've owned a couple and I love the brand as well. So the yeah. the cheapest, I, you can get into a tank, a quartz tank for about three mm-hmm. US, $3,000 US. And then they're, I'm sure there's maybe even more expensive, the Mas Mysterious. Yes. I'm butchering it. That's like $305,000 <laughs> USD and then everything in between, right? Yeah. That's such a cool I, watch. If I, oh, if I had three hundred thousand, <laughs> <laughs> I I think the Mass Mysterious is uh, incredible. Oh. I don't. It's it, it is mysterious. Yes, it is unbelievable. I I've never seen one in person. I don't. I'd like to just stare at it. Um, How do they do that? <laughs> I know. I, I, there's got to be there's got to be some kind of clutch back around yeah. the the uh, hands, right? The gearing to got to be. To allow the movement to spin around, yeah, uh, you know, as a rotor, yeah, and the, the movement is through. <laughs> so, so I'll put a link to this in the show notes because we can't even. You just have to look at it for yourself, and you'll you'll wonder how the hands are attached, how the mm-hmm. rotor is able to spin freely. Like, yeah, it's it's such a crazy looking watch. I just love Cartier for making this watch. It's just it's a watch that's completely unattainable for me. But yeah. maybe one of the more unattainable watches that I just like drool over. Usually, if it's that far out of my reach i'll just be like yeah whatever it's cool that it exists but i won't even look into it any further this yeah. it's just oh it's so amazing it is it is and i don't think it's the most expensive watch they have no they probably have more yeah yeah but it's probably the most uh impressive watch yeah. in, in in our opinion you know it's so so cool I just just to quickly describe it it's a it's a skeleton skeletonized watch it's got uh, sapphire on both sides, so you can see right through the watch into your wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the movement is housed within the rotor, so the whole movement is spinning around um, when uh, when you're wearing the watch, and yeah. uh, somehow crazy. it's attached to the hands, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somehow it accurately tells time. But uh, completely baffling is a bizarre thing. There are animations and videos of it online. It's just. Uh, Definitely mysterious is a good name. For it's it. a marvel of <laughs> and one of the reasons why I love mechanical watches so much because it's just a marvel. How does it work? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, incredible. So, what's your? You've you've spent big money on Cartier. What, yeah, what your... I bought the Santos, the WSSA zero zero three seven, which I has gone up now. It's over eight uh, yeah. at retail, and Cartier. Typically does not offer discounts. Uh, my authorized dealer actually told me that they signed a contract with Cartier that they would not discount. Yeah. Um, but they will give swag. It happened to be my wife's birthday that day. So they gave us uh, perfume and stationery for her, mm-hmm. uh, which made yeah. her feel uh, a little bit better about having to spend more time than expected at the watch store. <laughs> uh, you know, I could see myself getting a solid gold Santos. Oh, okay. And those are not cheap? No. (laughs) Now, this is a tricky one because I probably would spend that much, but I feasibly will never be able to, right? So 
if well, we're being real, grounded in reality, I could see myself getting a two-tone uh, medium Santos, you know, for over 10,000, between 10 and 15,000 yeah. easy. But if I had the money, I could easily see myself getting a rose gold or yellow gold Santos. Yeah. Yeah. And and we're not, like, for, I, I'd say for this experiment, we're not grounded in okay. reality, right? I would spend $25,000 then on a solid gold santos no problem yeah yeah i i would spend three hundred thousand on that mask oh yeah well yeah uh, if we're <laughs> if we're being incredibly fantasy land of, of course yeah. <laughs> i would too i would too no if i had yeah. if i had that much money to spend and one came across i would do it in a heartbeat yeah yep. yeah yeah i as would i there i don't i don't think there's very many watches that are more impressive than that i yep. i mean i don't know a whole lot uh but yeah even like Looking at those incredible Dibatoons yeah. and um, like this incredible Moser Perpetual Calendar, uh, or I, I just can't fathom how you can best a rotating movement. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't feel like it got talked about enough either. Cartier just flies under the radar because everyone just writes them off as a jewelry company or if they have such rich history in watchmaking and they make incredible watches like this. And I just, even though they do get a lot of, you know, hype and talk i just feel like it's never enough yeah yeah i agree yeah it's just gotta i don't know um Would i you? guess maybe they're they're kind of uh in the mainstream media as well right so yeah. i guess a lot of watch enthusiasts kind of yeah get turned off by that so yeah okay so you are actually in the market for a cartier perhaps so yeah i would love to love to own a medium santos yeah um, which they released two new colorways of. Did you see that? The green the, dial. The green oh, and the blue. Beautiful. I would still get the white. Yeah. Um, that's that's the one I want. As beautiful as those green and, and the blue dials are, I would go with the white uh, because of legibility and uh, and I think it's the classic look. And I'm a white dial guy. My, my favorite dial color is white. So, yeah. I, am, I would love to own a medium Cartier Santos Probably becoming a distant future because I just had to take a giant tree out of my oh. backyard. <laughs> um, Hate when real life costs seep into the watch budget. Yeah, oh. or I'd have to, or I'd have to sell some of yeah. the pieces, which I don't think I don't think I have any or many. Consolidation is the cool thing to do right now. So. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's yeah, doing it. Trend. <laughs> yeah, consolidation is on trend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I. So I'd only have like the. Um, Sea of Clouds. Yep. That I'd want to sell. Um the Legend Diver 36 is not worth very much. Probably worth next to nothing actually, because it's a tiny dive watch. Um yeah, I don't know. That's the problem when you get a smaller collection and you want to consolidate to get something big. It's like, well, anything that I want to move is not really worth much. And the ones that are worth a lot, I don't want to move because I Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, not getting rid of my, I'm not getting rid of my planned ocean. That's right. Not a chance. I, I already did that mistake once. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 39.5 millimeter planned ocean. So, so good. Yeah. And yeah. Um, then we I, have to practice patience and actually save up for stuff, which is a, a kind of a foreign concept to me. So that's yeah. where I'm at now. You just kind of have to save. <laughs> yeah. Um, can I throw a curveball at you? Yes. I don't think we I don't think we picked this uh brand out, but I I meant to put it in my list. But Zinn. Oh yes. Yeah. What what do you think of Zinn? 
I like Zinn. I've owned a, a 104, that uh, limited edition. I would like to own a Zinn, because that's not a very toolish watch. That was actually full polish and felt not dressy per se, but it wasn't um, it, it wasn't tool-tastic, right. if you will. But um, also the tech they put into the, the you know the tegmented case and all that stuff it's it's incredible uh u50 they just came out with some new uh divers and such as well T50. they're they're amazing what's my limit i would probably we have very limited in the us i know you can see them at authorized dealers in canada it's pretty much watch buys for yeah. us <laughs> uh monopoly yeah right so it's <laughs> not very easy to buy as in in the us you really just have to go through that site. I mean, it's easy enough, but you can't really try them on. Um, yeah. So, and then, you know, am I a movement snob? I don't know. Not not really. I put less, if I'm spending over $10,000, then I want an in-house movement, but I don't know if it's atop the priority list mm-hmm. under that, really. I'd rather, I, I think the bracelet and case tech on Zen is more impressive to me. And why I would buy one over the uh, movement. So I don't know. I, I could see myself spending, I don't know, $3,000 on a Zin. Yeah. 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 That might take me into a pre-owned U50 maybe. Yeah. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, reason I was thinking of Zin was because uh, people have been talking about how their prices have been going up yes. like, significantly recently. And Zin was one of those brands where I didn't have any context prior i think i mentioned this on one of the live streams but i didn't have price context on zinn so i didn't know what they would cost and when i recently started looking at zinn um i saw the u50 and it was you know around the four thousand canadian dollar mark uh which is like three thousand i think us um and uh, i thought yeah this this seems worth it so for me for, for someone who doesn't have um context like previous prior experience with zinn i think i would actually buy the gbdr t50 which is one i'm uh super interested in so this is the the gold bronze um dive bezel like the two tones oh yeah 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 uh beautiful and that is at 6200 canadian so i'm I'm just looking at my my zinn 80s website so i would i would easily spend that on on zen yeah c50 because assuming it's it's as good as it seems to be they don't have one available to look at um so yeah i i think you know a titanium u50 style watch with the better hands i i prefer the t50s hands over the u50s hands and um i i would i would say seven thousand seven thousand canadian is my limit for zen yeah uh I don't know. Yeah, I I do love that watch. So maybe maybe it would be more than three thousand. Now that I think about it, if we're talking, yeah. I'm also I'm also just stuck in where I am right now, which is where I don't have a lot of money to spend on anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I would say in the three to uh, maybe four. Let's boost mine up to four. I do four, yeah. but yeah, you, that watch is uh, you're talking about is really beautiful and uh, just tool tastic, but also very nice to look at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gold, gold bronze. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever like gold bronze. <laughs> <laughs> and you saw one in person, right? No, no. Oh, you yet. didn't. Okay. I saw all the U50s. Okay. So, and I almost bought one. I'm glad I didn't. Um, you liked it though. I've never I, seen one in person. You, you thought it was impressive. 
I thought it was really, really impressive. Yeah. They they wore so well. They were so comfortable to wear. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I almost just walked out with one. Not as not not stole one, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost uh, just didn't threw everything out the window and uh, said I'm taking it. But I managed to hold hold myself down, and because uh, I still need to see the Black Bay Fifty Four from two. Yes, um, I haven't seen that yet. I'd like to see the Pelagos Thirty Nine, and I'd like to see the T Fifty. T fifty is high on the yeah. list. So, uh, yeah, I wish again. I just wish there was somewhere where we could check uh, Zen out in person. Yeah, but uh, I really love the one hundred four. I had just come on over. <laughs> I will. <Come>. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're what welcome. What else do those um, ads sell that uh, have Zen? Uh, just uh, they have a bunch of different brands. They have Nomos, which is okay, an, an anomaly as well. Yep. in in my area. Um, they've got, uh, Bowman Mercier, which is not, they've got, uh, Bucher, mm. Carla Bucher, okay. uh, Quorum, which is an interesting, mm-hmm. uh, Zodiac as well. Oh yeah. Oh. I, I noticed Zodiac last time. So other than that, it's just a normal fare, like, uh, Bell and Ross, Hamilton, G-Shock. Cool. Yeah. 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 I wish, um, gosh, I went to, I talked about it in last week's podcast, but I went to this, uh, really neat watch shop in Newport and they had a bunch of crazy brands. Like, uh, they had Chrono Swiss and Speak Marin and they had Nevada Grenchin. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. It was really a micro brand, right? Yeah. They had ocean crawler there too. They had, um, what else? Uh, yeah, they just had some brands I'd never, um, never really heard of or, uh one was like this uh i talked about it this craftsman in rome he he hand makes the watches and he'll make them custom for you comes with a cost yeah. zanetti i think it's called um but yeah a bunch of bunch of off the wall brands that you're not going to see anywhere else so i wish like zin zin could get into one of those shops <laughs> yeah um actually yeah. the uh for marcus from formex uh contacted me and uh yeah he was like, what's the name of that shop? I'm going to see if they've heard of Formex. So I would love to have a local <laughs> place to check out Formex. That'd be really cool. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. Anyway. Um, so, all right. Zinn. That's a good one. And Damasco, I would throw in there too, because they came out with their own in-house movement to little fanfare, which is a shame because they, you know, they, they used ETA movements forever, but I think it was just hard for them. They did it out of necessity. It was hard for them to get the movements. So they mm-hmm. made their own. Uh, it's similar to an ETA, though, in the fact that uh, a watchmaker can work on it uh, yeah. quite easily. And the price jump wasn't bananas either. Right. Uh, so I think maybe in their like standard models, they went up a few hundred dollars, mm. uh, but not not a whole lot. So, and I've owned a Damasco. I owned a very toolish, the DC 80 central minutes chronograph, uh, man, what a, what a watch. Just everything felt way beyond the price point. Just the, the ball bearing, uh, bezel. It was a, it was a, um, had like a timing bezel, but it was bi-directional. Oh, just so crisp, like unbelievable. It it just felt like such a strong watch. Um, and the, the Central Minutes Chronograph is a, a really neat complication too. So yeah, those two brands, um, I would probably buy one of those again. If they made it in like a little more manageable case size and thickness, I would I would probably spend uh two to three thousand on a Damasco again. Yeah. 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 I I've only had a very short experience with Damasco. I borrowed a watch from a, a local watch enthusiast. Um, 
And I, I think it was the DS30. Mm-hmm. So I I was borrowing it because he was very generous. I was uh, I was planning to purchase it, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure whether I wanted it. So he let me he let me borrow it and see if I really loved it. Um, and I I kind of fell out of love with it pretty quickly. So yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know if there's any Damascus that would work for me. So they're very utilitarian. If you don't like the design or the visuals, then they're probably not going to be for you. They're very. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I, this is another one of those zero dollar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> zero dollar max. Yeah. Rents. Not, nothing against them. I do. I do respect Damasco. But um, yeah, looking at their collection right now, it's just nothing that really. They all look very Damasco. Like Zinn has yeah. some models that don't necessarily look zen like that uh our friend chaz has that chronograph it's a thick boy but it's it's beautiful that doesn't look like uh you know any other zen doesn't certainly look like a a u50 or anything like that so and Mm -hmm. he had like a navitimer adjacent to looking zen chronograph as well before so yeah um yeah they do some different things you know it's a damasco no matter what the model is (laughs) yeah 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 absolutely all right let's uh what do you want to uh cover next uh, how about uh, everyone's favorite Omega? All right. <laughs> <laughs> so I did that. I wrote some numbers down here. You can get into, if you want, a Quartz DeVille for about $2,800 brand new. Yep. That's the lowest I saw. Um, you can go up to, and maybe even beyond, but $450,000 for that new Chrono Chime and mm-hmm. sort of everything in between. I am not a an Omega fanboy. I know you certainly are. What's What's your threshold? Oh, um, <laughs> I think the the central tourbillon hmm. uh, from Omega would probably be my my uh, upper limit. I don't. I'm not really into uh, what do you call those minute repeaters, right? Yeah, That's the the central chime uh, or the chime. But yeah, so I, I would say, uh, what was that tourbillon? Two hundred thousand? Yeah, or somewhere in there. Yeah. Oh, here, uh, the Turbion in red gold is 185,000 Canadian. That's not bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous. Let's get two. Let's get one each. Let's get matching. <laughs> Epic watch bros. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a really cool complication. Completely useless, but um, it looks, looks wonderful. Um, and, uh, oh. It, and it's and it's in gold. It's a precious yeah. metal, and it's it's only one hundred eighty five thousand dollars. You know, yeah. Sign me up for two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would that would be my upper limit. That would be your upper I, limit. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go four hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I'm with Omega. I if I had that much money, like four hundred fifty thousand, I'm buying some like crazy independent over over something like that. Um, yeah. I just uh, don't love Omega enough to drop that kind of money, even if I had it, which I yeah. obviously don't. Um, so probably my limit would be the Moonshine Gold Speedmaster. Oh. Oh, but that's such a good one. I'm also thinking, like, would I choose that over a full gold medium Santos? And I'm not sure. Oh, how could you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, the, the Santos is a more robust watch, I think. It's just going to work better for me. 
yeah. but I, I do not taking anything away from the moonshine gold. I love it. But yeah. I would if, if you put both of those watches in front of me, I'd be hard pressed to not pick the Santos over the moonshine mm. gold speedmaster. Just yeah, I'd go I'd go moonshine gold. Would you speedy over yeah. the Santos? Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if they make that that full gold in a medium, right? I, yeah, I don't know if they do. So I I might be just sized out of it. Anyway. Yeah, but um, I know I know I can wear the speedy case. Yeah. It's not ideal. It's still big on me, but I can still enjoy it. Um, so I go I go moonshine gold. The other wild card is that um, ultralight aqua terra, which is about fifty something thousand, which is yeah. also pretty cool. Um, Play golf in it. Yeah, you can do just about <laughs> anything in that. Um, hefty price tag <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh uh that yeah so i'd have to see that in person and like wear it and learn a little bit more about it but yeah so either probably one of those would be my would be my limit yeah 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 makes sense you got another one yeah let's uh get a whole other page here let's uh yeah. let's let's do zelos let's okay. throw a let's throw yeah. a, a micro brand in there so right now so the thing with zelos is they have a pretty uh yeah, the the fanboys are they're mean on Facebook, by the way, and uh, <laughs> and also they just buy them up when when a new, uh, especially in like an Aventurine or a desirable dial color. I mean, you can't even get one; uh, yeah. they're gone in thirty seconds, gone in sixty and, seconds. <laughs> <laughs> these aren't the resellers doing it. It's just uh, I think it's a little of both. I think oh, it's. Okay. I think it's sometimes the bots, sometimes the resellers, but the fans try to get on there. And a lot of times they get, they can't, they're not fast enough. And yeah. a lot of, that's where a lot of gripes come from. So right now, um, really all that's left on their website is just the undesirable dial colors. <laughs> but you can go and buy a swordfish or a hammerhead diver for about $430 US right now. Um, and then they go up from there. There's Starfighter chronographs. Those were like $2,500 for the Aventurine. Those sold out instantly. Um, they did some crazy uh, Mirage, like eight-day movement, Le Jupere movements, I think they were using in those with uh, tantalum and a bunch of uh, you know different exotic materials. Those ranged from 4000 to 9000 Those are all gone. I think some of those even had like 50 to 100 pieces, and they sold yeah. out quick. Uh, they yeah. did the turbions also. I think they only made ten total. They ranged from twelve to fourteen thousand dollars. I think those sold out very mm-hmm. fast. So pretty impressive for a micro brand to play around in that price range. I've owned uh, about six or seven Zelos watches. I think. Um, yeah. I my limit would be zero right now. To be honest, never <laughs> super impressed with the quality. Uh, they have good customer service which is a good thing because like I've said before, you're probably going to need it. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. I just, I've just, uh, my Zelos days are over. So I'm, I'm zero. I did flirt with buying those, um, the Mirage eight day. I, I flirted for a yeah. little while buying them cause they were very cool. I liked the look. They were like Damascus and tantalum and they use some like really cool materials. Um, yeah. And with Zelos, you're always going to do pretty good if you decide you want to sell it. If you're, especially if you're on that uh, Facebook page, because the people who miss out like have cash in hand ready. They're just waiting for somebody to post one of these watches for sale on that Facebook page. I even found for it these, even yeah. for these eight thousand dollar yep, models. Yep, there's oh, people wow. who miss them, especially yeah. like uh, you know the de- really desirable ones um, will sell out fast. Like they made a full sapphire 
sapphire case. It was always completely see-through. Um, yeah. the, and they made like the Damascus, the Timascus, those sell out and then people miss out on them. So mm-hmm. for not for all of the models, but for most of them, especially the really, the ones that sell out super fast, there are people waiting cash in hand that missed. They're just wow. hoping and praying and ready to pounce when somebody posts one of those on that Facebook page. So it, it's sort of uh Rolexy and the fact that you can get out of them and do okay. In some cases make money, but in most cases not lose anything. So very yeah. rare in the micro brand space. But I think right now I'm zero. I think you're probably zero too. <laughs> I'm I'm very zero. <laughs> I I'm looking at these watches going, oh you know, I mean I, I really like the Le Jupere skeletonized um what was it called? The Turbion Mirage tur- tur- Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like the look of that one. So that's that's an anomaly. Yes. I don't like the it looks like a candy cane. Um, the yeah, Damascus. Yeah, candy. yeah. Um, I'm trying to see. Uh, the blue one's kind of cool. Yeah, I'd probably just go with if I if I were to go with it, just go with uh, a titanium version of that. So that was eleven thousand US. And what's really cool is like Elshin does a lot of that, like burning that stuff himself. Like I remember he yeah. showed pictures of him doing it, like in a frying pan or something. So he's oh, like, yeah. it's. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're made in Singapore. They're a Singapore brand. So I don't know. It, you can question where they're made and everything, but it's kind of cool that he does a hands-on approach. He's very active on that Facebook group. And if somebody, even if it's out of warranty or they bought it pre-owned, he'll like take care of issues. They just have a lot of like, they just have a lot of QC issues in my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I bought, the last one I bought was a crystallized titanium dial. Which is pretty not as impressive in person as it was in pictures, but uh, the clasp didn't work. It, it just like yeah. simple stuff that, and they're they're not they're only like a hundred made, so somebody should be going over the one hundred just to make sure they're you know they work. Like just a little bit of easy for me to say, but in theory, <laughs> you'd think somebody's going over just making sure everything's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd you'd think so. Um. Hmm. Yeah. I. I mean. Assuming customer service was good and all that, I I still probably wouldn't buy this at eleven thousand US. Yeah, the the Mirage uh, Turbion is as nice nice as it is. I'm not a skeleton watch kind of guy, um, and yeah, I I probably probably still sticking at zero. Right. But one interesting thing is this leather strap is apparently, uh, what was it, Himalayan Himalayan gray crocodile strap. That's I don't know. I didn't know that there were crocodiles in the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I got to see this thing. <laughs> well, there's no picture of it. Was, um, my friend and I joke about this. Uh, it's just they attach these words to things like uh, Himalayan pink salt. It's probably like manufactured in some uh, you know plant in New Jersey or something. Let's just throw Himalayan on there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, because the Himal- Himalayas is a mountain range. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think uh, crocodiles lived in the mountains. But. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe there is some kind of valley with a pond <laughs> in it. There was one crocodile. <laughs> Learn something new every day. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah the, I was very much tempted by those Mirage Eight Days at one point, but uh, I, I think it's cool that Zelos does these, and they're not. Yeah. They're yeah. just like once in a while. They're not regular. Just once in a while, we'll throw a nine thousand dollar watch. See what we can do. 
and uh, they sell them. So it's impressive. So the the Mirage Eight Day kind of reminded me of the of like the pilot watches from Zenith. Mm-hmm. Would you would you go like a Zenith pilot watch? It's it's my least favorite. No, uh, I don't know. I I think I liked how exotic they looked with the Zelos. I think that's kind of part of the charm. But I'm not a big like skeleton watch person, except the Mass Mysterious course. uh, Which is better viewed off wrist than on with arm hair in the background. (laughs) Would I like it as much on my gross, hairy arm? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, because you're going to get the... You know how... When you sweat some of the that oil, your skin oils in yeah. the back of the sapphire, so yeah. it's never gonna look clean, right? <laughs> you're gonna have like these smudges in the back. I know it's one watch I'd probably just like have in a display case or something and not wear because yeah. my gross arm would cheapen the look. <laughs> well, if you have, uh, if you have three hundred five thousand yeah, dollars, we can figure something can... out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I know we're going long here. Let's uh, let's go into. Um, uh, why don't you pick a? We have JLC, Grand Seiko, Seiko, and Rolex left. Oh, gotta do, gotta do Grand Seiko. Okay, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, there's okay. So this the cheapest current production model I think is uh, twenty seven hundred Canadian. I don't even have to look this up. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I figured you would just. <laughs> I didn't even bother writing anything down. I just said Sanjay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the SVGX two six one two five nine. Uh, those those might be discontinued now, um, which would be unfortunate because they have excellent nine F movements. Um, you get really good Grand Seiko finishing, and it's one of the sweetest ways to get into Grand Seiko. That's that's how I got into Grand Seiko the first time was with an SVGX two two five nine. I think um, so. That's uh, that's the the lower limit. The upper limit is uh is difficult because they've uh they kind of raised the bar with that uh kodo yes for beyond yes um let me let me look that up uh real quick here <laughs> yeah that is pretty cool yeah because it, it used to be like this uh, micro artist studio um hand engraved uh snowflake like thing where the snowflake was dial was bleeding into the case and wow. they used like this Dremel tool that was kind of like a dentist drill all over the case. <laughs> that was one of the the most incredible, incredible watches. But yeah, so the SLGT 003, the Kodo Grand Seiko, is uh, $350,000. <laughs> and you'd buy it. Would you buy that or the Mass Mysterious? Oh, I'd buy this. Yeah, of course. I'd, I'd buy this. <laughs> Have you just listening to this thing? It, Honestly, sounds like a a Kodo drummer. Like that's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You, you can hear like the. That would be a toss up like for the, me. They're like, both. I'd need them side by side, but the yeah. arm hair factor may make this actually win out. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, you wouldn't be able to see very much arm. Yeah, hair. there's there's like a couple of peaking spots. You might see, <laughs> you might see something. Well, half the but, watch on that mass mysterious is just your wrist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. But um so th- this one is a, a constant force turbine as well. So there's a there's a second beat to it on top of the uh, the 10 ticks per second. Um so I, I don't know if you've uh, if you've heard the the sound of this movement. It's 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 really nice. I have not actually. <laughs> yeah. 
you you should you should look it up maybe we can I will. link it yeah uh, i'll yeah i'll put a link to it yeah i'm uh i'm trying to verify uh 72 hours constant force um 50 hours so sorry yeah so yeah you can hear the ticking of the 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 second sign or the balance i guess the pallet fork hitting the the jewels and then you hear the the solid tick as well it's uh it's, so it's cool. really nice yeah yeah very very cool watch i'm just uh i'm just gawking at it <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the most expensive grand seiko i've seen in person is the slga 008 which is rose gold with like the the dial is meant to emulate uh like rings of a tree if you were to like cut the tree open and see the, yeah yeah that's that was really stunningly beautiful i think that's like 40 almost fifty thousand dollars us i saw that at the gs boutique in boston that was very impressive (laughs) i've seen this one too yeah it's it's so nice yeah yeah i i i am a little bothered by their description of the tree ring (laughs) (laughs) because then they have the slgh uh uh zero zero one one um and they call it like the celestial skies <laughs> it looks the same uh, just a yeah, different it's color the same. It's, it's, it's not the zero one one sorry maybe it's the double oh nine um let me double check that yeah the double oh nine and they call it's the same pattern on the dial um and they maybe they tilted it a little uh, <laughs> and they call it the the celestial skies yeah they take some liberties with the whole nature thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah they could have come up with something. Yeah. But, but that Kodo, um, yeah. I mean, in fantasy world, that would be my limit in just my regular money world. Uh, probably eight or 9,000 US is my limit. Yeah. Yeah. Regular regular money world for me probably is. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> uh, uh, you know what? It'll probably be like uh thirty thousand dollars okay i i would totally buy uh, a solid gold grand seiko the with the nine nine sixty four movement in the green um green dial uh s v s v g w two six four i want to say yeah um yes i got it yeah s v g w two six four it's just so so beautiful i would i would pay every yeah. every penny for that <laughs> which i could i could kind of sell everything and get it um I don't know if I want to, but I the plausibility is always there. Yeah. So I think that's my upper limit. And that makes total sense because you're a major enthusiast of the brand. So that totally makes sense. <laughs> yeah. 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 How about you? What are you going with next? Um, okay. Let's do, we can cover JLC real quick. Um, yeah. I'm not super familiar with JLC. I've seen uh, in New York City, I saw some reversos. Um I've seen a pol- my friend at a meetup last year had a Polaris automatic, the internal bezel diver, blue dial. I was not impressed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I handled it a few times. I kept trying to want to like it and just think it was this amazing watch. I just, I don't know, very dull and just not very exciting to me. He actually sold it for the same reasons not oh, long yeah. after that. Yeah. I just didn't quite do it for him. Um, so I'm going, I would, I would have, uh, no problem probably spending nine to $10,000 on a reverso. I just have to find the right one for me, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I would totally get a reverso. 
I think they're, yeah. they're such amazing history, such cool tech, the great watches, they're classy, timeless looking. Um, I would, yeah, that would, I don't know that I would buy anything else from them, but they, yeah. you know, we were talking about the Hybris Mechanica, Turbion and everything. And they make a, like you said, why don't you say it? They make a reverso of that, yeah. right? Yeah. They make a reverso version of the Hybris Mechanica, which is, which is incredible. It's, uh, oh, I, I don't even know. I don't even know what it does. It's just, there's so much going on. It's got four different displays kind of, I, I don't know. When you look know. that up on their website, it's just, it's all of these videos just playing in the background. It's just like little parts moving. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I just want to see the price. I want to watch this someday, but not right now. I just want to see the price, but it's like, yeah, it's just like these videos of all these tiny little parts doing stuff yeah <laughs> and and the price is 1.6 million <laughs> so i would not buy that uh even if i had all the money in the world right I probably wouldn't wouldn't go that far i'd probably stick to a classic reverso as well even even if uh high uh fantasy world in real world i'd stick with what you're saying is yeah nine to ten thousand yeah. dollars for for a nice burgundy reverso to go with my nice burgundy because they don't robe. they don't do great um holding their value wise like and the, the, obviously that you know they're called the watchmakers watchmaker very well respected brand um they still don't do a lot that like turns me on necessarily mm-hmm. um but uh yeah the 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 reverso for sure i would do yeah the the spending i had i really had no idea before doing the research for this that jlc made you know one and a half million dollar watches i did not know that <laughs> yeah i didn't know that until with this uh this reverso hybris mechanica was revealed in 2021 2020 mm. maybe 21 but one of those years when i saw it i just my eyeballs fell out of my skull. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah very cool um all right so let's um why don't we do rolex and then we'll finish with our favorite seiko so the cheapest you can get into a, a rolex op brand new is $6400 um you know we all know Rolex is hard to get at retail <laughs> um, and they go up to, you know, you can get the crazy rainbow and leopard Daytonas for, you know, they, they retail, they don't retail for as much as you might think, but uh, you know, secondary value is just through the roof on those. So, you know, we know you're not a huge Rolex guy. What's your, what's your sort of spending limit on Rolex these days? Um, I've, I've actually, I, I've actually been quite vocal about this. Um, my spending limit for a Rolex it would have to be an Explorer One, or maybe an equivalent Oyster Perpetual, or something along those lines. But I wouldn't spend more than four thousand dollars. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and I know that means I probably never own a Rolex, but I I just I've held a lot of them, <laughs> and uh, and you know they're 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 kind of worth it. You you can. Like when you hold a Submariner, you can tell where the yeah. the money is going, and they're they're. You really can feel worth the it. quality. Yeah, yeah. But then when you hold an Explorer One and you see, uh, I think eleven thousand Canadian. Yeah, and I'm going. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, this is this is four or five thousand dollars tops. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I'd say, like three to four thousand US. Is is that what I said last time? Three, yeah. Four thousand US. Yeah. Yeah. Um, three to four thousand US is the most I'd spend on on a Rolex. I'm um, <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm on the list for the Titanium Yacht Master, which is 
fourteen thousand dollars. Ooh. Which I'm gonna have to save for, and it may never come. It just it might be so hard to get that I just might after I don't want to wait forever for a watch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> if if it doesn't come in like a year, she told me eighteen months, but I don't know if if I even get sick of waiting in a year and I feel like it's hopeless, and you you hear reports that they're just not coming out and ads aren't getting a lot of them, I may just say, you know what forget it (laughs) um but uh yeah i I don't know how much more i would spend i don't really like um enough rolex models to drop i know my money's going to do well with them but that's not a good enough reason to buy a watch for for me necessarily so um it's a bonus if you happen to like the watch and you're going to do well on it then that's great but it's not the sole reason i want to buy a watch so yeah, I don't know. I think that's a limit. I, I don't think I would buy, uh, you know, a gold, uh, you know, Bruce Williams. Uh, I would don't know if I would get the gold day date he got per se, but like that rose gold with the green dial, like that's really nice. Yeah. Uh, but eh, still, I don't like it enough to, you know, <laughs> yeah. refinance my house for it. Right. So I, I, I love those, that, that day date as well. Mm-hmm. They're the olive green with the rose gold, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, such a beautiful watch. Yeah. They're, they're all such... Nice watch. And I recently had the pleasure of spending time with the Explorer 2. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the most robust GMT movement I've felt in my hands. Yeah. It felt so solid, so sure of itself. Right. You know? Like I was just interacting uh, with the the crown and the, yeah, especially on the GMT. Just, uh, yeah, it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I can really respect a lot of the higher-end Rolex models, but the higher-end Rolex models aren't really for me personally. It's more of I admire it on someone else's wrist. Yeah. But the one that would be for me would be like uh, the five-digit Explorer 2 and uh, and the Explorer 1 36 mil. Yeah. Those those are not not worth the money. <laughs> no, really. I mean, the, the bracelets on those older models aren't great. Um, yeah, yeah. I would have to go for a forty millimeter Explorer two, as well. Um, yeah, the the new ones just wear big on me. Yeah, yeah. And I think this Yachtmaster will. Uh, it'll be the limit of my size preference, but it's titanium. So, and I just think it looks. I just really like the way it looks. I know Rolex doing titanium. It's nothing earth shattering. Brands have been doing it forever. Uh, yeah. But uh, I don't know. There's something about that watch. I just think it looks sort of stealthy and cool. Um. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've always been drawn to the Yacht Master. Uh, a friend of mine had I've gotten to check out the uh, rhodium dial, uh, and I just love the little accents of blue uh, on the second hand and the um, text. Uh, mm, really, yeah. really nice looking watch. So this one's a little more understated than that. That's kind of a blingy watch. So I don't know. We'll see. If it happens, that's great. If not, life will go on, and I will <laughs> buy other watches. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's finish off with our favorite here, Seiko. You can Seiko. get into Seiko for their SNKs on Amazon for under a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You can get Seiko five for two hundred ish, and you can go all the way up to well, what's the most expensive uh, one? I, in just a brief search, SLA zero three nine for close to seven thousand US. Um, what goes beyond that? Anything go beyond that? Um, let me. Was it SNR zero zero three five? Uh, that's the one Bobby Lex has, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, so that one's 
5,500. The there most expensive one. SNR I found was 6,500, and then the SLA-039 for 6,800. Yeah, you're, you're probably right. The SLA-039 is that... Um, um, Monoblock case. Uh, yes, yeah, yes. Diver. Yeah. Yep. That's that's big boy. Probably the probably the highest one. Yeah. So we've both spent pretty big money on standard Seiko watches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had the SLA zero four three. You've owned a, a number of uh, what? Which higher end Seikos have you owned? Quite a few. Um, SLA zero five five. Yep. The Jeff McMahon. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, SNR O. Uh, SNR 027 is a blue dialed. No, that's not right. Um, one of the SNR models, the GMT with the, the blue, shiny blue dial. Um, yeah, I think I think that's about it for the super high end ones. Um, but then, you know, I've owned countless, countless other Seiko yeah. models <laughs> ranging from the enamel dial, the porcelain dial, right. massages. Um. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I. I think the the uh, the SJE uh, Alpinist reissue that was like three thousand US. I think. Um, so yeah, wide range of Seikos. On, on so that. right now, what's your what you go into a shop today and you see all these uh, you know SLA models and stuff? What's your what's your threshold? If if I had that. Uh, if I had the money, I would get the SLA 037. Okay. So I uh, I know I I prefer the SLA 039 case. Yeah. So the the mo- one of the more expensive, most expensive Seikos. Um, the SLA 037 is more wearable for me. Yeah. So I would instantly get the SLA 037, which is about five hundred dollars cheaper than yeah. the SM- <laughs> SLA 039. I'm with you. I I love I like that watch too. I yeah. That would uh, if if I saw one of those, I would. And I had the money. No, no question. No problem. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My AD actually has one. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I just, and I don't want to get rid of my planet ocean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. how does it, uh, how does it compare to the, the planet ocean probably looks and feels a little more special and just more premium. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the SLA-043 to me feels more special than a Black Bay 58, certainly. Yeah. And it's, uh, for me, what I like in a dive watch, I prefer it to the uh, Omega Seamaster Professional, for instance. But that's going to be subjective. Not everyone's going to feel that way. Yeah. yeah. I think the SLA-037, from, from my perspective, it looks more special Yeah, than, than my Planet Ocean. Uh my Planet Ocean is far superior in terms of uh, feel and, and yes, fit. Right. Um, not finish. Uh, I'd give the finish to the SLA. Yep. Uh, but um, but in terms of fit and and feel and just joy of wearing, my Planet Ocean would win. Okay. Hands, hands down. It's just because I have a small wrist. These SLA models, I mean, are are really Grand Seiko level. Yeah. 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 Even has uh, ever brilliant steel. Yeah. Um, and it's such a beautiful metal to look at, you know, with yeah. the Zeratsu polishing, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. The angles on the case are so sharp. You'd, you'd think it would cut something, <laughs> um, which would make me nervous about, you know, future dings. Like if something yeah. touches it, it's going to leave a little bit of an indent probably, but, uh, 
yeah, other, other than that, you know, it's just incredible. It looks so, so special. It's just one of those. Yeah. Um, I think that's the thing looks, people miss out that, uh, again, judge brands by kind of going full circle by the lowest uh, priced offering. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't dream of spending that much on a Seiko. If you, if you really objectively look at these and see what they're offering and how beautiful, like the brushing on the SLA 043 didn't have a whole lot of polish on that watch. Uh, but uh, the brushing, I mean, you just, I'm not a big, like, ooh and odd brushing, but even me, I was like, wow, this is so well done. <laughs> just like staring yeah. at the case and certain lighting and looking at the the level of uh, the brushing on that. It's just gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So cool. <laughs> yeah. And that domed, uh, that domed uh, crystal on it too is just so trippy. Like I was talking yeah. to Jeff McMahon about that. It's uh, yeah. it really distorts the dial. It's just I don't know. They're 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 awesome watches. So yeah, I can definitely see an SLA. Um, you know, maybe if the yacht master never happens and I feel like I need to buy a watch, then I'll I'll start investigating some of the higher end Seiko divers again. Yeah. 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 Get back to SLA with three. Yeah. Um. You know, where's a little tall? So maybe I'll I'll go in a different direction. Maybe find a a, a zero five five or. Zero five seven or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe even look into a zero three seven. Yeah, that was really tall. Too. Yeah, taller same thing, even, right? I think it might even be taller than yeah, than four three because it has the high beat movement. Right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. maybe it's, maybe zero five five. So the the three seven SLA three seven is fifteen millimeters yeah. tall. <laughs> And it's only 40 millimeters uh, diameter. So the 043s are selling for crazy low right now. I think they're underappreciated. There's um, ADs are trying to get rid of them. So I'm on a few Seiko Facebook groups that some authorized dealers are on and they're, they're putting them on there for like less than three. Wow. Um, That's a $4,500 watch at retail US. So um, brand new. Yeah, they're brand new in box. Uh, There's one authorized dealer on there who's offloaded a few um Hmm. yeah it's a shame because uh really and uh, like even some people say like the you know the 037 gets all the hype and everything but he happened to think it was the 043 was a little more impressive in person Hmm. but uh you know you get the high beat movement and not every you don't like the seconds hand on that i think that throws some people off of that watch so yeah the baby blue second yeah a travesty <laughs> see i liked it but yeah i can totally yeah. understand why someone wouldn't also <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm just embellishing comedic effect <laughs> and people don't I'd like still... that they don't come on bracelet that's another people are not going to spend i have a friend who would never spend that much on a seiko because it's a seiko a and b because it comes on rubber strap yeah yeah i'd i'd still wear the i'd still buy the sla 043 if i got a Good enough deal for it. Yeah. Yep. Um, Exquisite timepieces had them on for, had one for like $2,500, I think. Wow. Uh, yeah, they're really, wow. now's the time to buy them if you yeah. are so inclined. Maybe I should. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have one of those in stock. Too. Oh, they do? Yeah. See, yeah. see, um, See what they can do for you. I bet they're they just probably got a new shipment in because I knew that I know the they new do. Seikos have just gotten to authorized dealers, so eh, yeah. might be able to work something. I think, I think they got this one in in like February. Okay, I was there when they when they got it, not when the shipment came, but when uh, the day after the shipment came. Because my 
my my my favorite sales associate he didn't know they got one in okay and I, I had seen it pop up on their website so now if you went there today hypothetically of course uh and he gave you like a pretty sweet buy it now price would you trade something in or would you just i know you just had the tree thing but let's just yeah. say if that tree thing did not happen and he gave you like a good uh buy it now price would you just do it without trading something in yeah probably yeah because yeah. i i had money saved up on for the black bay 54 yes. Pelagos 39 versus santos versus um zin u50 slash okay. yeah t50 sorry um, so yeah, I would just throw all those out the window. Yeah. If, if I got a, like <laughs> 50 off, uh, SLA 043, I would, I would gladly get the SLA 043. And the other thing is like, you have a lot of straps, but the two straps that it comes with are comfortable, but they're, they're very long. They're, yes, yeah, they're, they're super, they're long on me. So I can't even imagine on somebody with a smaller wrist or that tail is gonna, <laughs> and it has that awful steel, right. Paper. The skin Such, pinchers. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> so yeah, but you, I mean, the the beautiful thing with that is it's a just. I think they are nineteen millimeter, but you're a Grand Seiko guy, so you have a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah. Lots and lots and lots. Yeah. So they work with pretty much any strap, and um, for somebody who has a lot of nineteen millimeter, you can. Um, I think the Peter Kotz, and then I did it. Squeezed a twenty millimeter Artem on it. Yeah. And I yeah. did that too after I saw his video. He made that watch look. I've seen a few reviews on the SLA 043, but I remember falling in love with it all over again. Like when I saw that video to the point where I just had to put it on. He made that watch look like a million (laughs) dollars. Yeah. The blue blue Artem strap looks like it was made for that SLA 043. It's, yeah, perfect fit. When I saw that video, I actually um, sent him a message. Or maybe I just commented on the video. Either way... uh, did, did, do they make a 19 millimeter now? He's like, no, I just crammed the twin, but it didn't look like smushed in or anything. It looked like yeah. it worked. And now I think they do offer a 19 millimeter, but at this time they hadn't yet. So yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the only thing is they don't offer a 19 mil short. Ah, yeah. <laughs> or I, I don't know if they do now. It's been a while since I checked their site, but yeah, maybe they do. Work. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that was a great episode. I have to, I have to go here. We're, we have a, that, big dinner party tonight where we're going to have maybe upwards of uh, 40 people here. So (laughs) we have to, uh, we have to get ready. Thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, It's wonderful to catch up with you again. We won't go this long without you being on the podcast again. I, uh, I miss you. (laughs) Yeah. I miss you too. Yeah. Hopefully the busyness stuff uh, ends very soon and we'll get to right. Hopefully in May we can uh, get together and do the podcast a few more times. And uh, Yeah. yeah, I haven't been able to join your saturday night stream this month either and i won't be able to until may so yeah we'll we'll get together a lot more uh in the coming months as we get close to summer what's going on with your channel i know you uh you're gonna have that moser review soon yeah well i'll be putting that up uh one of these days um hopefully sooner rather than later everything's recorded i just need to edit the video um so reviewing the moser perpetual calendar visiting marcus today and he's letting me borrow the Chopic Antarctic. Oh my oh, gosh. I'm so excited. <laughs> Your channel is killing it. Thanks to Marcus. My gosh. I'm so excited oh. for the Chopic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, 
I don't deserve such good friends <laughs> like you guys. It's it's so so nice. Uh, to, I to would be. Uh, send you my Moser if I if I could. Uh, maybe someday. No, I'm, I'm not ready no, no, yet. No, no. <laughs> no, absolutely. Not. Maybe one day I can hand it to you in person and you can do a review and I'm there with you. Yeah. 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 That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. that'll be so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> can you? Oh. We'd spend hours just talking about <laughs> random stuff. People would just turn the live stream on and just sit down with a couple of uh, coffees. Oh, that would be talk. that would be my favorite. Uh, <laughs> last year at the Baltimore meetup with Random Rob, he did uh, a review of my watch watches yeah. that I brought, uh, and that was really neat to like do it in person with him and just tell him a little bit about each watch and how I got it and what it means to me and stuff and. No, I don't think yeah. any of those watches are even in my collection, but you know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. I always appreciate it. And thank you for listening. Remember, sometimes you're the dog, sometimes you're the hydrant, but at least you're outside. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Watch Dog Podcast. See you later. Bye, everyone.